We'll begin the Gemara today on Daf, Fayanei, Amadalef, 10 lines from the top of the Amad, where it says, Rove Omar. This is a second answer to a question the Gemara asked before. There's a stira between two braises. In one braise it says, a person marries his wife with the condition that she has no nedarim. And then she had a nether, but she went to a chacham and she uprooted the nether. So the first braise says that the, the marriage takes effect because the chacham uproots it from retroactively. Second Raisa says, even if she goes to a Chacham and he uproots the nether, still ain't a Mekodeshes. So before, Rabbi gave an answer that it's a Machlekes Tanoim, Rab Meye and Rabbi Lazar, if a person is ready for his wife to have to go through this or not. Rabbi gives a different answer. Let's see. Rabbi Amar, Rabbi says, In the Raisa where it says that even if she's going to be matted the nether by a Chacham, Nevertheless, he's not interested in being married to her. The reason is because it's the Isha Chashuva. The Omar, the Omar, and therefore the husband says, I'm not interested to become Osir to her relatives. Which means that even if we're going to say that Gemara before brought that a person uh, doesn't mind that his wife would go and be matted the nether, but over here, what this person can say is, I'm not interested in a wife that makes Nadarim. Fine, she could be matted the nether, but I'm not interested in having a wife that makes nedarim. I you going to say, so if so, just give her a get. The fact is now she doesn't have a nether. So give her a get. No, we say even more so. He's not interested in the marriage taking effect and then having to give her a get because then he won't be able to get married to any of her relatives. And she comes from a very good family. Rashi says this is a bas gedalim. So if she comes from such a family, he doesn't want to now be in a position where he can't marry any of her relatives. So therefore over here, the moment we see that she's a woman that makes nadarim, he doesn't want this marriage to take effect altogether, and she shouldn't, shouldn't have to give her a get. So if he wants, he can marry her relatives. If that's the pshat, Sefer Diktoni. In that b'raise, in the Sefer, it says as follows. What happens if the case was the opposite? She's the one that made a condition with him. She said that I'll only be married to you on condition that you have no mom or you have no nether. So there the Braise continues and says that if he goes to a Chacham and is matted the nether, or he went to a doctor and he healed himself from a mom that he has, so the condition does take effect. So the Braise is making a chilek between a case where she's the one that had the mom or she's the one that had the nether. Then even if she healed herself or the Chacham was matter, she's not Mokadeshes. With the husband, if, she was, if he was matter the nether, if he healed himself, he will be Mokadeshes. But the question is, why should we make any chiluk between him and her? Listni in Mekadeshes shouldn't it say that the halach is the same thing, that she will not be Mekadeshes if the condition she made with him is not fulfilled. And Vileme, she should say to her husband the exact same thing we said before, that if the reisha of this b'raise is talking about a woman that comes from a distinguished family, so on the Sefer, it's also talking about a person that comes from a Choshev family, and the Amra, she says, I don't want this condition to take effect and now get a get, and then I can't marry any of his relatives. So therefore, she, she, she can, this is a tiny, she can say that the whole condition doesn't take effect in the first place. <laughs> so the kids are, the Gemara's question is, what's the difference between this situation between the husband and the wife? And for the Gemara, this is a Svar, the Gemara says many times, When it comes to a wife, She's ready to live with a husband of any sort, even if it's someone that it's difficult to live with. Nevertheless, she made a condition that she doesn't want him to have a nether. Nevertheless, we know that she's ready to live with a husband, even called who, and whatever the condition is. How, where do we see this concept? This is like something that Eshlokish taught. Eshlokish says, Tav lemesav tandu. A woman says, it's better for me to live with another individual, in other words, two bodies, not to be lonely, than to live like an almana. Armalu means alone, like an almana, when I'm not with someone else. So for a woman to be married, even if she did make a condition, and it turns out that her husband did not fulfill the condition, but then he went and he healed himself, or he went to Chacham and he was Matadineda, she's okay, she'd be ready to live with him. Gemara now brings a few statements of Amiraim that said this point of Rishlakish, to a very strong extent. Abaya says, the Shum Shumana Gavra, 
even if a, a woman's uh, husband is a shumshana, he's a midget, like a little ant. Nevertheless, she's happy about this because she places a chair for him amongst the noble men and he can sit, her husband can sit there amongst them and uh, this makes her happy about this. Or actually, I'm sorry, Rashi says that she places here her, her own chair, that is, between the noble uh, women and she sits amongst them and she's proud of herself. Look, I'm married like you. Even though, who's she married to? She's married to some little midget. <laughs> Another thing, Rav Papa, Rav Papa says, the nafsa gavra, a person has a husband, a woman has a husband, and he does dirty jobs. He does a job of, of cleaning the filth out of the wool from that after it's caught from the animal. But still, she's happy to be married to him. And tikri She'll call him to the opening by the door of her house, and she'll sit there with him openly in public. Everybody should see that she's married to him. Ravashi said, the Kalsa Gavra, a man that comes from not a good family. Nevertheless, she treats him very well. She's not even going to ask him to give her lentils to add into the pot of soup. In other words, she's not going to place any pressure on him. She's going to treat him very nicely and well because she's so happy to be married to him. But the Braise concludes, what's really behind all of this? Why is a woman there happy to have this husband that she lives with, even though it's really a person that she can't live with? The reason is because all these women, they're mezana, they have a relation with someone else. And then if they give birth to a child, it's easier for them to say that this is a kosher child, because look, I'm married and this child was born from my husband. That's the reason why they're happy to have this husband that they're married to. Going back to the Mishnah, it said, The Mishnah said when it comes to the mumin, that pasal akayin from doing the aveda, those are the mumin as well, that if there was a condition made, that uh, he's marrying his wife, that she does not have any mumin. So what, what mum does that include? All the mumin that apply to a kain doing the Aveda. That he can't do the Aveda. So, so to over here, he will not be married to her if she has such a mum. <coughs> so the Gemara says, Tana, we learned in Abraisa, Isifu Aleyen, they did add by women more than by the kainim certain things that a husband can't live with. Zeya, if she's sweating constantly, Vishuma, a mole, and a bad odor from the mouth. And Vahani, and those are the things that the husband can say he can't live with them. But is it true that you're saying that this is something that they added and it only applies to a wife, but by Kayin, this will not pass like Kayin from doing the Aveda? But Vatnan, we learned in the Mishnah regarding the Kayin, or this is actually, first, this is a Mishnah that says regarding an animal. If the movement that applied to an animal being brought as a carbon. So Azakin, an animal that's old and frail, Vahoyle, sick. Vahamizum and very uh, filthy. So those things are considered to be a mum for an animal to be brought as a carbon. Utnan, and on that Mishnah it says as well that mumen elu, these mumen, bein kvuin, bein oivrin, whether they are mumen that are established, in other words, they're there permanently, and bein oivrin, whether it's mumen that could be healed, nevertheless, psulim ba'adam. By a kayan, by a human being that wants to do the Aveda, these three things are, are, will be possible. He won't be able to do the Aveda. So one of the things that it says here is mezuim, filthy. So now the Gemara understands that mezuim and zeya are a similar thing. A person that uh, sweats constantly, that's the same like mezuim, a person that's filthy and, and unclean. So how can we say that this is a kind of a mom that does not apply to a kayan? So he answers like kasha. It's not a question. Here it's talking about a, a sweat that a person can just wash off with water. And and here we're talking about a situation that it cannot be washed off. So if it cannot be washed off, so then by a kayin, he'll be, he'll be possible to do the Aveda. But by a woman, we add that even in a case where it can be washed off, but nevertheless, because she sweats constantly, so it's going to be a mum, it's considered to be a mum for the husband. That's uh, one shot in the Gemara here. Taisa speaks about this, he gives two shot in the Gemara, but this is one shot in the Gemara here. Yeah. Ravashi Omar, Ravashi says that the Chlal, the whole comparison, it's, it's, not, it's not, not talking about the same thing. Zeya, Amazuim Koramis. You're asking a question from what we said that regarding Zeya, a, a wife that uh, sweats profusely is something which is a mum. And from there you're asking from what it says by a Kayin, Mizuim, that he's filthy. It's not the same thing altogether. Hasam Gabi Kayinim, over there by the Kayinim, Efshela Avra Bikiyua the Chamra. It's possible to remove the filth with kiyur the chamres and wine vinegar. So this, so this is therefore he, when it comes a time that he has to do the aveda, he'll remove this filth or the sweat. Similar, the bad odor of the mouth. 
So the reason why it's not a psal for a mom for a kayan, after the knock at pilpula bepume, he can place some kind of a pilpula, some kind of a sharp pepper or whatever it is. I mean, today, yeah, you could take a mint or whatever and put it in your mouth. And then I'll do the aveda. So that's not a mom. But when it, come, when it comes to a wife, lo we can't, a, a, husband, a husband can't rely on that. Why? So Rashi here says the reason is because a person is speaking to his wife all the time and he, he, a woman can't say, when I'll talk to my husband, then I'll remove the sweat or the filth. Or when I'll talk to my husband, <laughs> then the woman, it, 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 he's, he's talking to his wife all the time. So therefore, he can say he can't live with her. Hi, wow. Shuma. What's one of the things that we mentioned before is a Shuma, a mole. What, what kind of a mole are we talking about? Hey, Chidamia. It is baseyar. If this is a mole that also has hairs growing from it, so pasla. This should be a psul both for a wife that he can say he can't live with a woman with this kind of a mole, and for kain as well. It's a psul. The Gemara is going to bring a brayse that says this. is baseyar. If it's a mole that has no hairs, so now ishum If it's a large mole, pasla. So both for kain and for a wife, there should be a psul. If it's a small mole, so then in both cases, it shouldn't be an issue, not for the Aveda and not for a wife when she's married. And the Gemara will soon give the shear of what's large and what's small. Now the Tanya, we learned this in Ebrei, Shuma Sheyesh Baseya, a mole that has hairs. So that's a mum, a kain can't do the Aveda. Aim Baseya, there's no hairs growing there. So then Gedeila, if it's a large mole, that is a mum, it still is a mum. Ketana, a small mole, ain't a mum. If that's not considered to be a mum. Now, what's considered to be a large mole? Pirish, Rab Shem Gamliel, Rab Shem Gamliel explained, at ki iser oitalki, up to the size of a iser oitalki, which is a pretty small coin, that's considered still to be a small mole. But if it's larger than this, that's a large mole. So, Ezehi Gedeila? Uh, sorry, if it's, uh, yeah, G'dayil is up to the size of an Israel Talki, but it's smaller than Israel Talki, then it's considered to be small. So B'kitsa, the point is we see over here, when it comes to a mole, the B'raisa makes very clear that there's, there's big, there's small, there's with hairs, without hairs. So in what case are we making a distinction between a, a wife and a Kayan? Um, Rabbi Yaisi Rav Hanina, Rabbi Yaisi Rav Hanina answers that over here by the wife, even if it's small, he still cannot be married to her because he says, by this is a mole that's right there on her forehead, that it's, it's exposed, and that's something that he can't live with, with, with his wife having such a kind of a mole. But if it's pedachto, rov, and if if she has this mole on her forehead, he must have seen this before they got married, and he was appeased. You know, he accepted it. So how could he, pedachto uh, is a forehead. So how could we say that in such a case, he, can, he could claim that he can't live with his wife? Um, said, so the case is the case is that it is on the forehead, but it gets covered by the covering of her head. Sometimes he notices it and sometimes not. So over here, it's possible that he didn't notice before he married her that she has this mole. But then when he sees she has it, since it's right there on the forehead, it's something that the husband can say that he can't live with. said, I heard this halacha from a great person. Umano, who's this great person? Rab Shila. What did he say? Noshcha kelev, if a wife, if a dog that is, bites her, bites his wife. Vinase mekoyim baitzalekes, and the area she is a scar after it heals is a scar that stays from that bite. Harezemu. That's a mum that if a husband discovers his wife has this mum, he can say that he can't live with this mum. It's in the lower part of the body. No, no, no. It doesn't say which part of the body. It doesn't say anywhere. It seems from the Gemara anywhere. Regarding a mum, a wife that has a thick voice like a man, that's also considered to be a mum. Shanema, as the Pasik says, your voice is sweet and your appearance is beautiful. So the, the, the voice of a wife that has a, 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 a feminine voice, that's something that you can have a taina about. Tani Rabnasim Beira taught. Another halacha regarding the mum of an isha. Bein dade isha tefach. If the space between the breasts of a woman in the size of a tefach, so he learned in the Braise that this is something that applies to the halachas of a mum by a wife. And it wasn't spelled out whether this is a mum or is it not, it not a mum. So the Gemara brings there two opinions. The Sava, Rav Ache, Berei, Derov, Ravashi, so he thought, and he taught this in front of Ravashi, and he thought that what this is saying is that tefach l'mal He was saying that there was a tefach of a space, then it's good. In other words, it's not a mum. That's what he meant to teach. 
but Ravashi explained to him, no, this is actually a brisa that was taught as one of the mumin of a woman, that if there's that space of a tefach, then it is considered to be a mum. So Tanya in Abraisi we learned Vikama. So what is the, the ordinary space that is not going to be considered a mum? Um, Abaya says, Sholish it's boys. If there are three finger breaths, that's that's considered to be normal. Up to that point of three finger breaths is normal and is not a mum. Tanya in another Braisi we learned, Rabnasan Naim Rabnasan said, Kol Isha If she has breasts that are larger than her friends. Then hare is a mum, so therefore it's considered to be a mum. The kama, and the question is, how large is it considered to be a mum? Omer Rav Meishe or Miyashe Bar Berei the Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Mishmei the Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi the name of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Tefach. If it's a tefach larger than the way it is usually by the women, Frek the Gemara Tefach is pretty big. Umi Yekeki Haigavna. Is it possible such a kind of a mum that a woman has? The the dad and the breasts that are so large. You now we're coming to say that this is a mum. And to come out of in, yes, we find such a thing. It's possible. The Amar Rabba Babachana, Rabba Babachana said, "Ani Reisi Arvi Achas." I saw an, an Arab woman Shev Shila Dada Lachira that she there she took her breasts to behind her vehinikas bana and that's how her son was fed. <laughs> so it is so such a thing is possible, and that's the Allah that it's teaching here that in such a case it will be considered to be a mum. What about the opposite? If they're very small, the Gemara doesn't discuss that. Okay. I don't know. Now, the Gemara brings another drasha, which is not related to what we spoke about, but it's in the name, the same I'm saying it. So the Gemara brings it here. It says in the Pasik, It said to Tzir, to the Yidin, Ish ve'ish yulad ba, the man and the man that's born here, v'hu yuchayonel elyon, and he, the Eibishter, will establish Eretz Yisrael again. So this is uh, promising the Yidin that the Eibishter will rebuild Eretz Yisrael, will rebuild Yerushalayim. So Omer Av Miyasheh Bar Bered Rabbi Shua Ben Levi, why does it say double lotion? Ish the ish. Echad hanayilad ba. This refers to both somebody that's born in Eretz Yisrael, ve'echad hametzapel eraisa, and also someone that was not even born there, but someone that is awaiting to see the rebuilding of Yerushalayim of the Beis Hamikdash. So he's going to be zeichet to see the rebuilding of it, and that it's going to be established again. That's the double lotion of ish ve'ish. I saw a beautiful story about this gemara over here in the time of the rugged shavah. So uh, there was, a, maybe it was under the Tur- Turkish rule, I don't remember exactly. So there was a certain point that you had to register, in order to be able to live there in Yerushalayim, you had to register with the government under oath and declare under oath that you were born here. And if you weren't born here, they would, they would uh, dispel you. They, they would, they would uh, send you away. They would, uh, no, what's the word? They ex- expel you, I meant to say, sorry. Yeah. So they even didn't know. Should they declare under oath that they were born there? There were many that, that, that weren't. How could they say this with a shvur, a lie? So the Rakhet says, he gave one answer. He says, Ksubis ayin hey. Look right over here in the Gemara. What does it say? Both a person that's born there and a person that's mitzapel l'ra'isa, and he's awaiting to, to see its rebuilding. He's, the Pasuk says in him, Yulatba, that it's as if he was born there in Eretz Yisrael. So they could declare on their oath that they were born there. Very beautiful story. Okay, the Gemara continues and says, Omer Abaye. But Abaye said, V'chad minayu, one of them, in other words, one of the Chachamim of Eretz Yisrael, Adif Ketrei Minan. He's as powerful, he's, he's doubly as smart in his learning of Teireh, and he's like two of us living here in Babel. Eretz Yisrael, the Kedush of Eretz Yisrael, and so on, gives them a Kayach to have a, a double Kayach in their learning of Teireh than us. Omar but Rav then said, V'chad Minan. However, if one of us here in Babel, Kisalik Lahasam, when he goes to Eretz Yisrael, then Adav Ketrei Minayu, then he will become actually doubly as smart in his learning of Teireh than the people that are there from before in Eretz Yisrael. And the Gemara brings the example for this, the Harab Yirmiyeh, as we find regarding Rabbi Yirmiyeh, the Chiyav HaHacha, when he was here living in Bavel, he couldn't understand what the Rabbana was saying and he kept on asking questions. There's a famous story about Rabbi Yirmiyeh. He asked all kinds of questions. The Gemara and Baba Basra says that at a certain point they took him out of the Bismedrash. They didn't allow him in because he was asking so many questions. But then, when he came to Eretz Yisrael, Rabbi Yirmiyeh looked back at his old friends in, his ba- in Babel and he said, my friends in Babel, they're fools. And that's something that only Rabbi Yirmiyeh said. The other Chachamim in Eretz Yisrael did not refer to the Yidin and Babel as fools. So that shows because when, once Rabbi Yirmiyeh came to Eretz Yisrael, he became doubly as smart even than the Chachamim that wore in Eretz Yisrael itself. And the, in the Shittim of he brings from the Rishayim two reasons why that is. One is because the Amis is that the, the way of learning in Babel was with more harifis, it was with more depth. 
and analyzing more than in Eretz Yisrael. As we see the difference between Talmud Bavli and Talmud Yerushalmi. However, there's still an advantage of the learning in Eretz Yisrael because of the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. But when you combine the two, you came from Babel and you have the style of learning of Babel and now you come to Eretz Yisrael and you have the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, then you become doubly as smart as those that are in Eretz Yisrael. Another shot is that those that come from Chutzla, that's to Eretz Yisrael, so they have more of an excitement by taking from this Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Someone that's born there, has lived there, and raised there, so he doesn't take as much from that Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Someone that comes from Babel to Eretz Yisrael, so it's more of a Chiddush to him, he's able to get more from the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, and he becomes doubly as smart in his learning Torah of even those Chachamah that were there before. Continuing, the halachas we learned before about the person that married his wife and he discovers that she has mumin. So here, the, Gemara will, the Mishnah will discuss a situation where there's an argument. Exactly when is it that she got these mumin? Now, it makes, a, it makes a huge difference if the mumin are there from before marriage or the mumin only came out after marriage. A husband could have no tightness against his wife and say that I'm going to divorce you or that I'm not going to give you ksuba if the mumin came out later. That's his bad luck. He married her and she had no mum. But if the mum were there before and he made a condition that she has no mum, or even if he made no condition, he doesn't have to give her a ksuba if it turns out that she has a mum that he didn't realize. So, so then, then it's a taina. So here the question is, what happens in a situation where there's an argument? When exactly she got these mumin? So now, If she has a mum on her body and she's still living by her father's house, meaning it's already after the first stage of marriage, which is the Edison, but at that point she's still living in her father's house. So over here, the father is going to have to prove that it's after the Edison that she got these mumin, and then and therefore she can turn to her husband, or the father really, the father is the one that gets the money of the ksuba at this point. After Edison, it's not full marriage, really it's, it's all between the father of the girl, of the wife, and the husband, because if she gets divorced, who gets the ksuba money? The father. So in such a case, the father says to the husband, that it's your field that got flooded. It's an expression. What he's saying is, he's going to prove the fact that she got the woman after the Edison, and therefore the condition took effect. She had no woman at that point, and now the fact that she got a mum now, that's your bad luck. So if you want to divorce her, you're going to have to give a ksuba. But if if it's ready after the full marriage, and she enters into the home, into the possession of the husband, so then, and now he sees that she has mumin, so we're going to assume that the mumin that happened, happened here now, after she already got married. So if the husband wants to claim that she had the mumin from before, and therefore the marriage will never take effect, or even if it does, he doesn't want to give her the ksubeh, so the husband's going to have to bring a raya, that she had this moment already from the, before the marriage, and therefore the whole marriage is a mistake. If he made a condition that he doesn't want to have any moment, so the whole thing was a mistake, he's going to have to prove that she had the moment from before. This is Rav Meir's opinion. When could the husband come and argue and say regarding these mumin that the mumin were there already from before and therefore the whole thing is a mekechtos? And those kinds of blemishes that she may have that are in a concealed place in her body that the husband would have no way of knowing about this. If it's things, if it's kinds of blemishes that are open, exposed for him to see, so that any yachalitn, we don't accept any arguments that he says, that he didn't accept her marrying her in this way, so it's it's open for him to see. So he must have accepted it. Now, however, if this city where they're getting married has a public bathhouse, so then, so then even those kinds of blemishes that are in concealed places in her body, nevertheless, the husband will not, will not be able to argue that I did not know about this woman and I never got married with these conditions, seeing these women here. And the reason you can't say this, because a husband, that is, will examine his, his to-be wife by having his relatives, the female relatives that's, that are with her with the bathhouse that sees if she has these women or not. So therefore, you can't have any tainus when it gets discovered later. Okay, so now this mission here made a distinction. At what point were these women discovered? Were they discovered after the Edison when she's living in the father's house? So then the Mishnah says, the father's going to be the one that's going to have to prove that the mumin happened after the Kiddushin, or if the mumin were discovered after full marriage, when she's already in the, father, in the husband's house, that is. So then the husband's going to have to prove that the mumin were there from before. What is the reason for this distinction? 
based on why, 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 what's the svara to be mechalik, at what point these mumu were discovered. So the Gemara starts off with a Mishnah, this, this sugi here is a very deep sugi, and it's a continuation of a sugi that we learned in the first Patek. So now, time the Maisia Avraya. So what does it say over here in the first part of the Mishnah, that if the father brings a raya that the moment happened from before, so then I say that he can argue, he, can, he, he brought a proof that the moment were there from before, so he could say that, um, again, again, let me, let me start again. Taimi the Maisi Avraya, the father brought a raya that the moment were there later, correct. The, right, the, the father brought a raya that was there later, so in such a case the father could say, it's your field that got flooded, it's your bad uh, luck. But if the father does not bring any rayas that it happened afterwards, we're going to say that the husband's going to be believed to say that the moon was there before, and therefore he doesn't have to give her the ksuba money. Says the Gemara, Mani, who is our Mishnah going according to in this first part of the Mishnah, the Reisha, Rabbi Shua, he, it's following Rabbi Shua's opinion. What did Rabbi Shua say? The Omar, Loi Mipia Anu Chayim. We do not live from the words of our mouth. What was Rabbi Shua speaking about? So we had this in the first page. Rabbi Shua is speaking about a case where the husband and wife are arguing regarding her status as a Basulo. The husband marries her, and it turns out that she's not a Basulo. The question is, when did she lose her status of being a Basulo? So the, the wife says, I was a Basulo when I married you. I only became not a Basulo later, after I married you. The, the husband says, no. Already when, the, by the Kedushan, you were not a Basulo anymore. So therefore the whole thing is a Mecca Tos. I don't have to give you anything for the Ksuba. So what does it say? So basically, what does this argument revolve around here? Rabbi Yeshua says, We do not accept what she is uh, saying. And the reason is because the husband has a cheskas mamin. The money is in his possession. And therefore, until she proves it, she can't take any money out of, her, out of his possession. On the other hand, if you remember, we learned, Rabbi Gamliel says, No, she has a cheskas aguf. The Cheskas Aguf says that she's born as a Basula. So therefore, she can say, based on my Cheskas Aguf, I was married as a Basula. The fact that you see now that I'm not a Basula, that happened at a later point. So therefore, you owe me the Ksuba of the money. So there's an argument, what is stronger, the Cheskas Mamain or the Cheskas Haguf? So over here in the Mishnah where it says that we believe the husband, as long as the father didn't bring a raya, that the woman came later. We believe the husband. Why are we believing the husband that the woman were... Um, there before, so apparently we're not following Cheskas Agov. If you would follow Cheskas Agov, the girl is not born with these women. We're not going to assume that a, that a girl is born with these women. Elamai, we're following Rabbi Shua that says, you got to go with the Cheskas Mamain. The husband is the one that has the money in his pocket. And therefore, unless the father, which wants this Ksuba money, is going to prove that the, that the mum happened at a later point, we're going to follow the status of what the husband says, that the, that the mumin were uh, there from before. And he's, he's, he has the cheskas mamay. He can keep the money in his pocket. That's what we see from the ratio of the Mishnah. Now, aim is safe, uh, but what does it say? The next case of the Mishnah, one, she's already fully married and she's in the husband's possession. So, now it's the husband that's going to have to prove that the mum happened before and he can keep his money. He doesn't have to give it the ksuba. So, over here, time the raya. So, this is only going to work if the husband's going to have Adam. He's going to have Adam that are going to say that they know for a fact that they saw that she had a mum from before. If the Baal, if the husband will not bring a raya, so over here we're going to trust the father. And what's the father saying? That my daughter is born healthy. My daughter has a cheska sagov, that she has no moment, and therefore the mum happened later. So this is so this is following the opinion of Rabbi Gamliel. Asan le Rabbi Gamliel. So this is Rabbi Gamliel's opinion. Rabbi Gamliel says that the cheska sagov is stronger than the cheska's mamay. There's a cheska's aguf that says that she had no mumin before, and therefore she was probably married well without a mum, and the mum came out later. So basically, like I said in the beginning, the Gemara is really asking, what's the svara to, to make a distinction between the reisha, where the mumin was discovered when she was still in the father's house, and the seife, when the mumin was discovered when she's already fully married in the husband's house. The only thing that should matter is, do we look at cheska's aguf? Or do we look at Cheskas Mamein? So if you look at Cheskas Agov, in both cases, you should follow the Cheskas Agov, and then we'll say that the moon probably came later. Or you look at Cheskas Mamein, and Cheskas Mamein says, prove that you didn't have a moon before, and then I'll pay you the money. So why is our Mishnah making this distinction? Amar Abelazar, so Abelazar answers and says, you're right, this is a very strong question. Tavra, this is a contradiction of the two cases of the Mishnah here. 
The one that taught the Reisha of the Mishnah is not the same Tana that's teaching the Seif of the Mishnah. You cannot put these two halachas together. They're taka, contradiction. Okay, uh, Toysus over here gets into this more in detail because it's a very, very, very difficult answer to give because then what it says in the Reisha, what it says in the Seif, it wouldn't be necessary to say here the mum was discovered in the husband's house, here the, or in the Reisha, in the, in the father's house. In the safe here it was discovered in the husband's house. Basically, what we're saying is, it doesn't matter where and when it was discovered. It's just a question of whether you look at the chazaka of the gulf or the chazaka of the mummy. That's what he's saying over here. Okay, but Taisus discusses this. Well, this is one answer. Now, the Gemara interjects and says like this, Omar Rav said. Now, in the simple pshat of the Gemara, Rav here is going to give an explanation for uh, Rabbi Yeshua's opinion that says that you uh, follow Cheskas Momin and not Cheskas Agov, and he's, he's going to clarify what Rabbi Yeshua's opinion is. And in the simple pshat, this is not directly related to the content of our sugya, but somebody showing him say that this is, is that this is an introduction to the answer that Rav is going to give soon for the Mishnah that we don't have to break the Mishnah apart and say that it's two different Tanoim. So here, here's what Rav said. Don't think as follows. The Trabishua never follows the Chazake of the body that she has, right? But what's Rabishua saying here? That we follow the Chazkes Mamein. The husband could say, prove that you didn't have this woman before and then I'll pay you. In other words, Rabishua seemingly is ignoring the Chazkes Agop. She's born with a Chazkes Agop that she has no mum. So why should she have to prove it? So, but don't think that Rabishua disregards Chazkes Agop altogether. Now, rather, when does Rabbi Shua say that you don't follow Cheskas Agov? That's in such a kind of situation because against the Cheskas Agov, the husband is the one that has the money in his pocket. So he's holding on to the money. So over here, we don't pay attention to the Cheskas Agov. But if there's no Chazaka of the money that is in his pocket, that is going against the Chazaka of the Gulf, so then, Rabbi Shur would also admit and agree that you go after the Chazaka of the body. The Chazaka of the body is definitely a very powerful Chazaka. The Tanan, that's the gear that's supposed to be here. There's a mission that says regarding the Halachas of Anega. So the mission says that in Baharas, Kaidim Lisea Lovam. The halacha of a nega is, so a nega, of course, is when there's a white stain on the person's body. That's the basic uh, existence of a nega. But then there's another sign that the nega has to have a simen in order for it to be tome, and that is it has to have white hairs. So this Mishnah says that only if the, if the whiteness on the body came before the white hairs, so then tome, so then the white hairs will be a sign of tome. But in Seir Lov and Kaidun Lebeheres, if the hairs were white already from before, and then this, the whiteness of the nega appears, tar. So in such a case, it'll be tar, it's not a nega. Suffolk, if it's unclear what came first, the, the, the beheres, the, the whiteness, or the white hairs, so then, tommy, in such a case, we're going to be machmer and say that the person will be tommy. This is the Tanakhama. Not so simple to understand why the Tanakhama says this, because l'chayre, every person, if you do not yet know that he has a nega, has a cheskas tara. So why would we, in a case of a suffix, say that... He should be Tommy with this nega. Okay, there's different Pirushim and Rishayim exactly when the Tanakama says this. Some say that it's only in a situation where he already had some Chazaka of a Tome from before. Now, Rabbi Yeshua, however, Rabbi Yeshua says, Keiho. That in such a situation, when it's a suffix regarding this nega, so then we say Keiho. Now, my Keiho, what does Keiho mean? So Keiho literally means that it's, a, it's considered to be dim. Meaning, so he explains, Keo toy. The expression of Keo means that she will be toy. Because we have a suffix about this nega, so what do we do? What's basically Rabbi Shua saying? We follow Cheska Sagov. This person has a Cheska Sagov that is toy. So therefore, we see clearly that Rabbi Shua also follows Cheska Sagov. The only reason he doesn't follow Cheska Sagov is in a case where you have a Cheska Smama that goes against Cheska Sagov. Okay, so as I mentioned, according to Samri Shainim, this piece of Gemara here is an introduction to the following piece that the Gemara is going to explain that Rabbi Shua also holds of Cheskes Agof, but not always. It will depend on the situation. Just like we saw that Mamein will be able to go against Cheskes Agof, that is a Cheskes Mamein, goes against a Cheskes Agof. So now, Rabbi, based on this, will give an answer regarding our Mishnah. Again, what was the problem in our Mishnah? Why does the Mishnah make a distinction where the mum in a person's wife was discovered? If the mum was discovered when she is still in the father's house after Edison, or the mum was discovered when she's in the husband's house after full marriage, what difference does it make? Do we follow Cheskas or do we not? That's the only thing that should matter. 
So Rav now gives an answer as follows. So, uh, so Rav Omar, Rav says, Reishe kan nimtsu the kan hoyu. The Reisha of the Mishnah, so because the mum was discovered in the father's house, so therefore that itself is reason for us to say that kan nimtsu, since it was discovered over here, and therefore the kan hoyu. This is where the mum happened. Right? So, so in other words, the Swara that he's saying is that even though there is a chazaka that she has, that probably the mum happened, from now and not from before, yeah, right? And uh, right, it not right after the Edison, exactly. There's always a cheskas aguf that says that the mum happened now. But nevertheless, over here, since the mum was discovered, she has this mum already in the father's house. That is a svara to say that she probably had the mum in the father's house when she was living in the father's house from before, when she was living there from, from before the marriage. Kan nimtsu kan ayu. That's uh, that's the svara that Rava says. Now, just to, to clarify two points regarding this answer that Rav is saying here. First of all, according to uh, Rashi, the Gemara is actually not trying to say that our mission would go according to Rabbi Yeshua. The, the Gemara is trying to say that our mission would go according to Rabbi Gamliel. Okay? Rabbi Gamliel, Rashi says, we learned before in the, early, in the first Perik, the Halach is like Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel is the one that says that we follow Cheska Saguf. Right? But over here, what Rabbi Gamliel is saying is that the, the, the true, usually we follow a cheska And what's her cheska in this case? That she's born healthy without a mum. And therefore we'll assume that the mum happened after she got married. However, what Rabbi Gamliel is going to say in this case is, here it's different. Because the mum was discovered when she was still in the father's house, there's a svara to say that that mum was already there from before. From even before the marriage, maybe even from her birth or from some time before. Now, what exactly is the svara of this kan nimtsu kan hoyu? So here's the second point. There's a machlekes rishenim about this. It's not clear exactly what's this svara of kan nimtsu kan hoyu. Some rishenim want to go so far to say that it's also some kind of a chazake. Just like there's a cheska saguf, that she's born healthy with Adamum, kan nimtsu kan hoyu is also like a certain status. If you see when she's in the father's house that she has this mum, there's a certain status that we say that living in the father's house, she already had the mum, even before marriage, even before the heiress. Correct. That, that's the way some rishenim interpret this. But Rashi seems to be saying different. Rashi says, if you look at the end of the Rashi, Rav Amar, Rashi says that there's a reyes to the chazaka. Isra, or even in the middle of the Rashi, Isra chazkasi. What Rashi says is, kan nimtsu kan is not a kind of a chazaka. Kan nimtsu kan is a svara to weaken chazkasaguf. Usually we follow chazkasaguf to say that the mum happened, must have happened at a later point, after marriage. Here, when we see that she already had the mum when she was still in the father's house, that weakens the kayach of the usual chazake. And once it weakens the kayach of the usual chazake, we're not going to follow the cheskes mamayin. So that's why Rabbi Gamliel over here in this case will say that the, the, the father is going to have to prove that the mum happened after the marriage. But now Seife, on the other hand, when the mum was discovered later on, once she already entered into the husband's home. So Nami over here as well, I'm going to say, because it was discovered here in the husband's home. So I'll say that this is where it was found and this is where it was. And therefore we're going to go back to the cheskes aguf, which says that before the marriage, she did not have a mum. And therefore, the husband's going to have to prove that she did have a mom from before. Because in such a case, I could follow the Chaska Saguf. Abaya asks on this distinction, what did it say in the Seif of the Mishnah? That one, she already entered into the husband's possession, she's fully married. So now, the mum was discovered at that point. The husband's going to have to prove. And what is he going to have to prove? What does the Mishnah say? He's going to have to prove. That the mum was there. She already had this mum even before Edison. Even before the first stage of marriage when she was in the father's house. Only then will the husband be able to say, then he could say that the whole marriage was a mistake. And he doesn't have to give her a get or he doesn't have to give her a ksuba. Says the Gemara. Now, what do we see over here? Actually, to Sadis in. Only if the husband proves that she already had the mom, not only in the father's house, but in the father's house before the Edison, then he can claim that it was a Mekertos. But if the husband proves that his wife had the mom after Edison in the father's house, that's not good enough. The husband will still have to give her a get or give her a ksuba because it was already after the marriage, after the Edison. But the question is, why isn't it enough for the, for the husband, that is, to prove that the mom was found when she was in the father's house? He, he doesn't have to prove, according to what you said before, that there's a svara, kan nimtsu kan hoyu, he doesn't have to prove that she got this mom before the Edison in the father's house. 
Even if he proves it after the Edis and in the father's house, but I, then I could already apply the Svara we said. The moment he proves that she got the mum in the father's house, even after Edison, but we say that if she had the mum when she was in the father's house after Edison, she probably, or it could be, she had the mum even before Edison. So why isn't that enough for him to be able to prove that it was a Mekachtos? So we see here in the safe of the Mishnah, not like the answer of Rava, or as Rashi says, we're going to have to go back to what the Gemara said before, that the Seifa and the Reisha are two different Tanoim, they don't go together. Amalei, so Rav answers Abaye and says, it's not the same thing. Mission is Arsa, when it's after Edison, if the husband comes and proves that his wife had the moon in the father's house, but only after the Edison, so then that's not good enough for him to say that it's a Mekertos. Why? Because here we have another Chazake that comes into play. What's that Chazake? Chazake ain't odem because We have a Chazake that a person does not drink from a cup, Elam came Baitkai, unless the person will ins- inspect check this it. and check it out before to make sure that the cup is clean to drink from. So therefore, we here as well. We have a chazaka before a person marries his wife. He makes sure to find out about her, about her if she had a mum or not. And Vahai, so therefore we say this individual Ra Vinipayisu, he definitely made an inspection about this, and he must have known about this mum, and he was appeased, he accepted it. So therefore, there's a chazaka to say that it's not a mekachtos. So in other words, the fact that he proves that she had a mum when she was still in the father's house, we're not going to say, that automatically we know that the mum was there from before, and therefore the Mecca is a Mecca Chtos. There's another Chazaka here that we're introducing now. A Chazaka that a person would not marry his wife unless he knew about this before. So he must have accepted this. Wait a minute, if so, if you have this new Chazaka here, if so, even if the husband will prove that his wife had the mum already before the Edison, let us say the same thing. Let us say that nevertheless, the marriage takes effect because a husband will not marry his wife unless he saw this before and, and accepted it. So, so how does it ever help for a husband to prove that she had the mum from before the marriage? Why shouldn't we say there's a chazaka, he must have known about it and accepted it. Ella, so now the Gemara says, no, there's actually yet, yet another chazaka. So let, let's, let's halt cup over here. Let's, uh, we have, till here we have cheskas mamain. There's a cheskas aguf that she doesn't have a mum. But now we have another chazaka, chazaka that a person does not marry his wife unless he checks it out before and, and accepted it. Now the Gemara introduces a fourth chazaka. Ella, Amrinon, but over here we have another chazaka. Chazaka, eina de mefayis bemumin. There's a chazaka that a person is not ready to accept mumin. If a person finds a mum in his wife, that's something that a person is not ready to live with and therefore if he discovers a mum after he gets married and if he could prove that the mum was there before the eight of sin so we know that a man is not ready to live with mumin so we have another chazake so we sort of have these contradictory chazakes over here regarding the status of this marriage if it takes effect or not so now the Gemara asks back so if you're relying on this chazake so if so if the husband comes and says that he saw that his wife had a mum when she was still in the father's house, even if it was after the Edison. So why shouldn't that be good enough? Why shouldn't I say that probably if she had a mum at that point, the mum was probably there from before, as we said before the Svara, Kan Nimtsu Kan Ayu, and we have a Chazake, that the husband is not ready to accept this mum. So basically, what's going on over here? We have a Cheska Sagov, that says she had no mum from before. We have a Chazake that the husband probably knew and accepted it. We have a Chazake that a husband can't live with mumin. So, when, when do we follow this chazaka? When do we follow that chazaka? What we see from the safe of the Mishnah is that it depends at what point the husband can prove she got the mum. If he can prove she got the mum before Edison, we'll accept that it's a Mekah Tos. If we can prove that she got the mum only after Edison, that's already too late. It will not be a Mekah Tos. So now, the Gemara is going to explain this and take all these chazakas and show why the halacha is so. Ella, so rather what we say is as follows. If all the husband can prove is that she had a mum in the father's house, but only after Edison. So then, over here, over here, there are two chazakes to her benefit. And what are they? Number one, there is the fact that she has a chazake of her body, that she did not have mum before the marriage. 
right? Because he, he can't prove that she did have before the marriage. He only brought a lie that she had a mom after the Edison. So she still has a chazka sagov. And also another chazaka. The chazaka The second chazaka we said before, even if you're going to say that she actually did have a mom from before, but nevertheless, we now have another chazaka that, that the husband saw this mom and he accepted it and he was appeased to marry her. And the husband saw and he was appeased. He agreed to marry her. So you have two chazakas to support her position. Now what are you going to say? There's a chazaka in the opposite, supporting his position. That he's going to say, There's a chazaka that a husband, a man, is not ready to accept the woman of his wife. Says the Gemara, Over here, this is one chazaka to his benefit, against two chazakas to her benefit. She has both Cheska Sagov and also a Chazake, even if it's not that Cheska Sagov is not true, she has another Chazake that her husband probably was Baidiker from before. So she has two against one of his Chazakes. Now Rashi adds another important clarification over here. You may think that the husband has a very important Chazake as well that the Gemara didn't mention, and that's the Cheska's mommy. The money is in his pocket. Why don't we follow that Chazake? So Rashi says, we're following Rabbi Gamliel's opinion now. According to Rabbi Gamliel, Cheska's mommy in, in the face of Cheska Sagov doesn't matter. So that, that does not tip the scale over here in his favor. So that's in the case when we discovered the mom that he could prove that she had a mom after Edison. However, if the husband can come and prove that she had a mom from before the Edison, or there's a greatest lekin. That chazaka to say that she has chazakas that she did not have a mom from before, that we don't have over here because he proved that she had already a mom from before. So now, all we're going to have is my my what chazaka does she have to prove that it is a marriage? That chazaka, they know them shaysa bekais, alam kem vaitkai, in vahayrov, in ipayiso. That there's a chazaka that a person will not drink from a cup unless he checked it out before and he must have seen and got appeased that he's ready to marry her. So she only has one chazaka working for her. That probably the husband saw and accepted this. So therefore we say, Adarab. On the contrary, we have a chazaka that goes against that. Chazaka ain't other mafayiz be mumin. He could say, no, there's a chazaka that a husband is not ready to accept any mumin. And therefore, Vahamid mama in al-chazkasai. So in such a case, when the chazkas aguf does not exist here anymore, because he proved that she already had a mum before the marriage, so here it's only one chazaka against another chazaka. In such a case, Rabbi Gamliel will agree that we do follow chazkas mamin. There is no chazkas aguf here. So one against one chazaka, we'll, we will follow the chazkas mamin, which is the mummy money is in his pocket. And therefore he does not have to pay her. Let me just clarify two points. As a, as a, the, the conclusion of this point that the Gemara is saying here, that the Taisus brings up, First of all, there's another kind of chazake, which the Gemara does not mention at all, which also could make a difference, and that is cheskas pnuya. She has a chazake that, there is not she, there is a chazake here that she's not married. In the end of the day, part of the discussion of the year is, is she married or is she not married? Does she need a get or not? Were the conditions of the marriage fulfilled or not? Why don't we say cheskas pnuya? Every girl has a chazake from birth that she's not married. That chazake the Gemara doesn't bring up, Taisvist to Rishayin and discuss it. Just uh, take note of that. Another point that over here the Gemara does not bring up is before we mentioned the Svara of Kan Nimsu Kan Hoyu. There's a Svara even if the husband found, was able to prove that she had a mum in the father's house after marriage. So it's, it's sort of too late because there's no cheskas, uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't take away her cheskas agof, but still there is a swara of kan nimsu kan hayu, which means, kan nimsu kan hayu says, there is a swara to say that she did probably have the moon from before, and that does take off the cheskas agof. The Gemara doesn't bring that up here either. And there's a big arichas in the Rishayim and the Akhrayim to explain why the Gemara does not address that. Okay, I know we're going very long over here, but I'd like to finish off the Indian until the two dots. So the Gemara brings another answer. Rav Ashi, Omar, Rav Ashi gives another answer to explain the difference between the Reisha and the Sefer of our Mishnah. Again, the Reisha of our Mishnah was when the woman was discovered in the father's house. And the Sefer of the Mishnah was that the woman was discovered once she's fully married. Now to remind you again, what's the difference over here? Who collects the Ksuba? When she's still in the father's house and it's only the first stage of marriage, Edison, the father collects the Ksuba. She's still in the father's possession. If it's a full marriage and she's in the husband's house, if she would get divorced of him, she collects the ksuba. So says the Gemara, Ravashi Yom, Ravashi says, Reisha, in the Reisha of the Mishnah, where she's still in the father's house, so therefore the, the father is the one that's in a dintaira with the husband, so mana la'abba biyotcha. Over here, if she comes and says, look, I still have a cheska sagof, 
<coughs> that I had no mumin, and therefore you have to pay the ksuba. Who? Who is the ksuba being paid to? Not to her. It's being paid to the father. So she's using, she wants to use her cheska saguf for the benefit of her father to be able to collect the ksuba from her husband. So what the Gemara is saying is, as according to Rashi's pshat, we cannot use her cheska saguf in order for her to tie it for the father to be able to collect the money from the husband. The cheska saguf could only be used if she's collecting the money, not if the father is collecting the money. Now, you're asking a very good question, why not? The Rishayim all ask Rashi, what kind of a svara is this? The cheska saguf is a true fact, whether it's her collecting the money or the father collecting the money. It's very difficult to understand what Rashi says. The Ramban, other Rishayim say that the svara of the Gemara is not that you can't use her cheska saguf for the father. The svara is that if it's a dintari between her and her husband, she's saying a tiny body. She's, she's 100% sure about what she's saying, at what point she got the mum. But the, the father that wants the money, he doesn't have any tiny body. He doesn't really know 100% at what point. He can't say with certainty that I know for a fact when, not necessarily does he know this. So therefore, over here, the Gemara is speaking about a case where the father doesn't know, and he doesn't have the tiniest body. If he doesn't have a tiniest body, we cannot use the Saguf, because the Kayach of the Saguf is only by her when she has the tiniest body. Okay, we had this, this concept also before when we were learning this in the first painting. That's the Shainis Pshat in the Gemara. Now, the Sefer, in the Sefer of the Mishnah, when she's fully in the possession of the husband, so over here, the Dintayr is between her and her husband. The money doesn't go to the father, the Ksuba money goes to her. So over here, money libiyatcha. She's saying that you, the Ksuba of the money that you have, it belongs to me. So it's between her and her husband. So over here, she can use her Cheskasaguf to collect the money for herself. That's why over here, her Cheskasaguf is stronger. So that's the difference between the Reisha and the Sefer. The Gemara asks him this, So he asked Ravashi in his answer. It says that agrees, that if it's a kind of mum, that we know that it, it, it's very likely that it came from the father's house, that the father's going to have to be a, bring a raya that she did not have the mum there from before. So simply, this is speaking about a kind of a mum that, this is the way the Gemara understands this now, this is a kind of mum that there's no way that the husband would have known about this, there's no way that anybody would have known about this, and therefore, if we see now that she has the mum, we are going to, exp- we, we, pr- we say probably this mum was there from before, and LMI, no one noticed it, because it was in a the, the, the hidden area. So, but the question is, why though do we say that in such a case, we're probably going to say that it was there from before, and the father's going to have to prove that it was not. But according to Rav Ashi's chat, the only thing we have to look at is, who is the dintayde between? If it's the dintayde between the father and the husband, we can't use cheskasaguf, so the husband wins. If it's a dintayde between her and, and the husband, so then she could use the cheskasaguf. Over here, in this case, she's already fully married. Even if it's a kind of mum that we expect that he wouldn't have known about, and it, it, it could have been there from before, but the fact is, it's a dintayde between her and her husband. So we should say, the swara that we, that we just said before, that in such a case, we could follow cheskasaguf. When it's her speaking, it's her dintayde, we could follow her cheskasaguf, so why not? So the Gemara gives a different shot what it means, a mum that came from the father's house. What are we talking about over here? We see that his wife has an extra finger. This is a kind of mum. There's no chaskasagu for this. She was born with this extra finger. This is not something that could have developed later. It's such a kind of a case that the Braisa says that the father is going to have to bring a raya. But the Gemara asks him that. My raya, my see. What kind of a raya is he, is he going to bring? If, if, if there's, no and there's no question that she was born this way. You see she was born with an extra finger. So he's saying, let the father bring a raya for what? He's going to bring a raya that he, she didn't have that extra finger before? She was born with the extra finger. So the Gemara says, raya the rov in The Bryson means to say is, let the father bring a raya that the husband noticed this extra finger. He saw it. He commented about it. And Aiden were there. And Aiden are going to say that he saw the extra finger. And then it's not going to be a mekach So that's what the Bryson meant. So it's not a question on Ravashi's pshat. And if he didn't notice the finger? So then it's a mekachtos, because he didn't know.